welcome to Light of Prophecy International. My name is Bogdan Danny Shinkarenko, and I'm here today with Pastor Mike Avalon. Uh, today we will be discussing God's unchanging word. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome time to be together. Um, it's, uh, there's a lot of things that are happening in the world that's very unstable. What, what is something that is stable? The word of God. Amen. It's, Amen. it's, it's always been there. Um, from the very beginning when God said, let there be light and there was light. Um, and when God said something, it came to fruition. And so we can always depend on the word of God. It's always there. It's always been there from the very beginning. Well, Danny, since we're at the beginning of the program, let's start with a word of prayer. Would you lead us please? Lord, thank you for giving us the freedom and the opportunity to study your word and conduct this program. We ask your presence on us and everyone that is listening. Please be with us and give us wisdom and discernment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And on that note, I'd like to remember John 1.1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's right. So when when God said, let there be light, it's a a beautiful uh, imagery of God showing up to start doing a creation process. And so, um, anyways, we, we got in ourselves an incredible subject. What's that subject? That subject is God's unchanging word. Amen. See? And God is today is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He doesn't change. And that's, that's good because as we see what's happening in the world through uh, politics, uh, politics seems to be changing. Uh, all the time, uh, even our constitution, Danny, um, that we have taken to believe as being a, a foundational rock that we can stand on, we're even seeing it now being changed radically. I mean, we even remember when um, when individuals recently have been saying that that the Ten Commandments is a uh, a living document. It was Al Gore that was that said that several years ago. Right. And if it's a living document, that means it can change. But if it's a rock, that means it doesn't change. So we got ourselves a world that's very unstable right now. But um, the good news is, is that Jesus, the the rock of salvation, is not unchangeable. Amen. Amen. So I'd like to start with the first question, and that is, how does God speak to us? Well, um, the Bible gives us an answer to this, and it's uh, Hebrews 1, 1 to 2, and it says, God, who at solitary times and diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So back to that creation uh, thought that you came up with. Um, it's, uh, it's God's um, purpose that he would have a sure word of prophecy, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But his son, um, he had appointed heir of all things. And so... This is a powerful text, and it tells us that the same power that created the universe is the same power that we can have today at our access. Exactly, exactly. And, and in my study of 
this topic, I've I found found it quite interesting and reassuring that Jesus is the Word. Amen. And and that parallel it just unravels beautifully and and it informs so many things throughout throughout the study of this topic. Amen. It's awesome. So question number two is how should we receive the word of God? Okay, so James one verse uh, verse James one verse twenty one uh, gives us the answer to that. It says, "Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity and of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul." So, this is engrafted. It's the engrafted word of God. That is that is a very that, that is one of the highlights that that jumped out at me. But I also like receive with meekness. That that's uh-huh. quite quite clearly there the the spirit that we, we should receive the word in. Like being like being uh, teachable, humble. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because if if you're if you're taking it with pride or skepticism, you're you're definitely not investigating it properly. Uh-huh. Or your worldview. Correct. Whatever you're holding Correct. on to, this it could be, it could be a worldview that. That is um, totally against God, not even wanting yeah. God. And you're sometimes people read the Bible just to prove that the Bible is wrong. Right, and and that you to know. me, that to me, it makes me think of of a a police officer in or a detective, if you will, investigating a crime. He cannot right. come into it just with his worldview or with his idea of what is happening. He needs to he the needs facts. to be humble, mm-hmm. teachable, look at the facts. Mm-hmm. And and go where the inves- investigation leads, right. and and that spirit of meekness will definitely is a good spirit to with which to study the word. And it says, "Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity and naughtiness." I mean, it, it, again, when we when we approach the word of God, it's the holy word of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to the point the way we how we even treat our the scriptures ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we treat it with respect when we pick it up? Or when we put it down, you know, I mean, it, it, we have to have that teachable, reverent spirit when we come across this because the word of God is holy. It is God's words. So we need to respect that. I mean, sometimes, Danny, I think that we respect the American flag more than we do the word of God. That is and that is uh, And it's, um, I mean, even in this culture today, we don't even respect the flag like we used to when i was that, a kid that that was that was exactly my thought i was like I mean, you know there's there's a lot of people disrespecting even that so i know i mean we used to take the flag down every night before before the the sun would go down and fold it in a special way and no one does that anymore yeah. the thing just stays flying through the night and through the rain and snow and everything else it's true <laughs> so it's true and sad anyways um so with um and it says the engrafting word so this has the ability to engraft, mm-hmm. to to put the word of God into our hearts, mm-hmm. where which is a uh, which is an amazing thing, really. It is. It is absolutely. It changes us. Yeah, I think we're gonna get to that. Mm-hmm. Get to that pretty quick here. Right. So, question number three: Does the word of the Lord last forever? Ah, uh, now go ahead and read that one because that. That is a powerful passage. All right, so we find the answer in First Peter one twenty three through twenty five. B 
being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Okay, so let's stop right there. So the word of God is not from some corruptible seed. It's from incorruptible. Correct. And um, uh, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Again, here's again reinforcing that the word of God is forever. From ever to ever. Amen. Everlasting to everlasting. And I've, I've actually gotten this question quite a bit recently of like, well, the Bible's been changed or, mm-hmm. or somehow corrupted. And here, mm-hmm. here it says that it's, it's still trustworthy and yeah. it lives and abides forever. Amen. And, and you know, I want to inter- interject here is that, yes, there is... Um, there is some corrupt manuscripts that Bibles are being printed today with these corrupt manuscripts where, uh, where individuals like Origen and Merson, they came and, and start, and we'll talk about this some other time, but they came and start corrupting the Word of God and, and taking things out. And Revelation 22 says anyone that adds to the Word of God or takes away, which we'll talk about in a little bit also, um, it's, it's dangerous to be doing that. It's not, it's not respecting God's Word. So yes, there there are some some uh, translations today that are not good for for doctrine, mm-hmm. um, and but the thing is interesting. Even, interesting, even though these Bibles have some issues where things have been taken out or whatever, God's word is so powerful that even when those things have been done to the Word of God, there's still truth in the Word of God. Amen. So line upon line and, and different things, um, you can still find the truth if you're if you're a searcher. Right, right. So ready for the next one? Yeah. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Okay, so this is what we're sharing. We're going to be sharing, as we are, are doing this program, we are actually giving a message about the Word of God. And um, again, it shows over and over again, these last few passages, it keeps saying enduring forever. Um, it's powerful. It is. It is. Yeah. So question number four. Who wrote the Word of God, and by what means did they write? Okay, so this is a, a, an amazing question. Uh, this is Second Peter. Uh, the answer to it is in Second Peter one nineteen to twenty one. It says, "We have also a more sure word of prophecy." There you go again. Yes. It's 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 uh, bolstering itself. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Now, we know that that Jesus is symbolized as this morning star, the morning star, the sun. The mm-hmm. sun was a, when, when um, God used the sun to, as a symbol of his son, so the S-O-N, um, is connection with the S-U-N. There was this connection when you looked at the sun, how it arose in the morning and how it set in the evening. Um, we have a, a picture of Christ. But what happened is men started worshiping the sun, not just looking at the sun as a symbol of Christ. They started worshiping it. 
we're not trying to advocate that by saying what we're saying, but uh, or what the Word of God says. But when it talks about um, the day star arises in your heart, as the sun arises from the east and goes to the west, so the sun of righteousness arises in our hearts and gives us um, light, truth, and knowledge into His Word. And I think in Psalms, there's a there's a part that talks about how the sun comes up as a bridegroom, or perhaps it's Proverbs. I'm I'm not particularly sure mm-hmm. on that one. Um, but I, again, it it just God uses the sun as a symbol or as a reminder of of the power of Jesus and and the power of Christ in our lives. And that's the thing. A lot of people look at the counterfeits before they look at the real thing. They mm-hmm. say, well, well, the worship of the sun has been around for a long time. Right, but God has been around since before that. God mm-hmm. intended the sun to be that symbol, to be that uh, type before before people twisted it and misused it, much right. like they do with everything all else. of his correct creation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Satan has a counterfeit for everything. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Absolutely. You know, you remember Israel, they, um, when, uh, when Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness? Correct. Mo- God told Moses to tell the Israelites to look at that serpent on that, on that pole. Right. To look at it as a symbol of that Christ would become sin for, sin for us who knew no sin, that we would be saved. So the, the, the people were being bit by serpents, mm-hmm. which is a symbol of Satan's attack upon God's people. Right. Uh, but then there was a serpent lifted up, made out of brass, mm-hmm. which brass was a symbol of strength. And they were supposed to look at that serpent. And by looking at it, they would say there would be a, a, a Messiah that would come that would become just like us, that would come to this world and, and be like us and live with us to teach us how to be connected to the Father. And there would be victory. But what happened? Eventually, if you keep reading through the Bible, you find out later on that Israel started worshiping that serpent that was lifted up in the wilderness instead of just looking at it as a as a symbol of hope and salvation mm-hmm. and healing, they started worshiping that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's sad. But anyways, uh, moving on, it says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. And I love that. I love that Amen. right there. And I keep I keep coming back to that a lot, is that when, when I get into conversations with people where the questions just come barraging at me um, for... For well, well, what about this secret, secret symbolism, or this society, or this this person said this? What what have we here? The that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. That just brings me so much peace amidst all those questions, amidst all those, um, you know, possible doubts, if you will. That that God says right there. There there's nothing secret here. Yeah, amen. And and the thing is, we have to realize is that. Um, some people, they bring their own key when they open the Bible mm-hmm. to unlock the Bible. They bring their own key. That's a private interpretation. Mm-hmm. Every single Bible that you pick up, uh, we, we believe in, in, in using the King James, which comes from the Texas Receptus, the text received from the original manuscripts mm-hmm. from Antioch, yeah. which is apostolic. Okay. And that Bible comes with its own key. You don't have to go buy a key. You don't have to come up with your own key. It has its own key. The Bible unlocks itself. It interprets itself. 
And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited for future episodes because as we build on this, it, it just, it all opens up and unravels in such mm-hmm. a beautiful manner. Th- that, that concept is just amazing. And then it, it goes on in verse 21. It says, for the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man. Do you see? I mean, right. there, and, and when it comes to scripture, it's not the will of man. It's the will of God working upon uh, the hearts of men. Now, it's interesting. When you look at the Bible, how it's written, it's written, you have to consider every book that you read from every different author in the Bible. You have to consider something very interesting. You have to consider their education. You have to consider their their uh, worldview. You have to consider the culture that they're living in. And they read and they write and they talk according to the, the kind of person that they are. Yeah. But but it's it's not like God has taken the hand of of the prophet and making him write, which is a literal dictate. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what he's doing, he's imbuing the Holy Spirit upon their minds and they write in their own form of writing, their own form of education, but it's inspired by the Word of God. Much like much like when the Holy Spirit works through us in mm-hmm. ministry. Right. We're not all gonna sound like robots. You know, the oh, minute the Holy God. Spirit descends on us, we we turn into this robot that starts mm-hmm. just saying you know, line after line. No, we, we bring our own experiences to it, bring our own voice to it, we bring our own mannerisms and animation to it. And that's what makes it personal. That's mm-hmm. that's what I think God wants to do. I mean, this this is very again, we're we're gonna we're gonna dive into this a little bit deeper, I think, yep. as we as we study the word, is that that God wants this relationship with us. He doesn't want some cookie cutter uh, dictate for everybody. Yeah. He wants the relationship with us and and the fruits of that. Amen. And, it, and listen to what it says, Danny, here as it goes on. It says, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. See, they spake and they wrote in the power of the Holy Spirit as, he, as the Holy Spirit imbued upon their mind the thoughts of God. Yeah. They would write. And, and so this is exciting because this is apostolic writing. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about the New Testament, Old Testament, it was the, it was the voice of God through the prophet. And um, so we can hang on. I mean, it's, and the other thing that's really interesting too, Danny, is, is that a lot of people saying, they're saying, well, um, I'm just a New Testament Christian. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that picture? Well, Jesus is in the New Testament, and Jesus quotes the Old Testament <laughs> constantly. Yeah, <laughs> constantly. So. He says, "Have ye not read? Have ye not read? Have uh-huh. ye not read?" So many times, <laughs> and then he proceeds to live by the mm-hmm. Old Testament, mm-hmm. and then he proceeds to. There's plenty of verses where where he says that nothing nothing has changed, mm-hmm. and and just like we read before, God isn't changing. Yeah. I can I can literally do a whole evangelistic meeting using just the Old Testament only. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's like you said, the New Testament was being written. So how can I mean? What did they use? The Old Testament. The Old Testament. <laughs> there was no New Testament. That's the it was being it. written. <laughs> so the thing is, is, is that um, is that we can use the Word of God, Old and New Testament. We're going to again. We're going to talk about this more. I mean, it's powerful when you start seeing. You got to take the Bible as a whole not trying to subdivide it or chop it in half. Exactly. 
exactly i i also like the fact that this this last part informs the first part for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man yeah because if if it was up to the will of man by by any way we'd be we'd be in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. and and god god just does not work that way and i think on that note we we will wrap up here all right um well, this is this has been good, and I and I'm looking forward to continuing our next episode. And friends, you know, if if uh, if this is the first time that you've actually thought about reading the Bible, or or maybe you've strayed from reading the Bible, let me tell you something. When you start reading the Word of God, and by the way, if you pray before you start reading, um, and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide you, you will find incredible peace in a world there is where there is no peace. Amen. You will find the peace that passes understanding. So I hope that this will be a great blessing to you as we continue this subject. Amen.